Hello and welcome to Bread and Roses, the podcast by and for Labour women. Each episode we cover a different topic and for our first episode today we'll be talking about remembering Srebrenica, gender and genocide as our first episode happens to coincide with Srebrenica Memorial Week. Please note that today's podcast will touch on war crimes and sexual violence, including domestic violence and war rape. My name is Charlotte and I'm a member in Salford Eccles CLP. My first experience with remembering Srebrenica was as part of an interfaith delegation of women that visited Bosnia-Herzegovina last January on one of the educational trips they organised to teach people about the 1995 Bosnian genocide called Lessons from Srebrenica. These delegations take British citizens to key sites in Bosnia-Herzegovina, including Srebrenica itself. The delegates that take part in the lessons visits meet survivors of the genocide as well as the mothers of Srebrenica, whose husbands and sons were lost in the massacres. The delegations also visit the facilities of the International Commission on Missing Persons in Sarajevo and Tuzla to learn about the difficult, painstaking but ultimately successful work that continues to be done in the identification of victims buried in mass graves. Where possible, delegates also meet key political, religious and community figures to discuss the causes, actions and aftermath of genocide and difficult processes of reconciliation. On the delegation I went on, we visited Medicagenica, which is an organisation established to support survivors of sexual wartime violence, and met with the British ambassador to Bosnia. While remembering Srebrenica is politically non-partisan and is supported by key figures from across the political spectrum in the UK, I'm really proud that so many in our party support and are ambassadors for the organisation, including Sadiq Khan, Baroness Lawrence, Yasmin Qureshi, Ed Miliband and John Mann. At last year's Young Labour Conference in Scarborough, women delegates signed messages of support and solidarity for the Mothers of Srebrenica for International Women's Day. And one of Young Labour's conference fringe events at Labour Party Conference discussed the genocide with Labour women like Faduma Hassan, Mary Cray MP and Julie Ward MEP. Every year the commemorations that take place for Srebrenica Memorial Week are on a different theme and this year's is gender and genocide. So, following an event at Manchester Reform Synagogue, I chatted to Amelia from Remembrance Shevanitsa about this year's commemorations. Please excuse the audio quality at times. We recorded the segment in the cafe at Manchester Central Library and we're learning audio editing as we go along on this podcast. So, tell me a bit about Remembrance Shevanitsa and the theme for this year. Thanks, Charlotte. Well, Um, Remembering Srebrenica is a UK-based charity that um, exists and was created um, in order to honour and remember the victims and the survivors of the Srebrenica genocide, which was a genocide that took place in Bosnia-Herzegovina 22 years ago. Um, This year our theme is Breaking the Silence, Gender and Genocide because we actually have the aim to centralise the narratives of Bosnian women so that their stories and their suffering is also remembered. Um, Srebrenica was a genocide where 8,372 men and boys were killed. Um, It's right and it's proper that we remember that and that they were selected for murder not because uh, not just because of the fact that they are Muslim, but the fact that they were men and boys and were seen as um, the proliferators of the community, which is a sort of patriarchal idea that completely dismisses the role that women play. Um, the women of Srebrenica and the women of Bosnia um, endured uh, terrible crimes and atrocities. 20 to 50,000 women were victims of uh, sexual violence and rape um, in Bosnia-Herzegovina. 
And so this theme is really um, paying homage to their experiences and their stories and we are giving a platform for, for women in Bosnia to come forward and, and share their experiences in the UK so that we may learn from them and um, reflect on how we, um, how we tackle hatred in our own communities, whether that is faith-based, um, based on race, or indeed you know, the focus of actually looking at misogyny and sexism in our, in our communities. Sexual violence is something that sadly we're all too aware of here in the UK. In Srebrenica, I think it was how systematic it was that I found so horrifying. What parallels are there and what can we take away from what happened? Well, that's a, that's a very good question because you can't really compare um, wartime rape and sexual violence and um, sexual violence and, and rape in peacetime, supposedly. However, I think, you know, in the UK and, sorry, in England and Wales alone, approximately 85,000 women and girls are raped every year. That's just women and girls in just England and Wales. We, we do have an epidemic on our hands, I believe. And those crimes are very often going to be committed by, in the UK, by family members. It's normally family members or friends of the family or people who are known to the victim or the survivor. In Bosnia, um, that was also the case in, in terms of you know, neighbours, but it had a, um, a purpose um, to actually ethnically cleanse. The idea was um, using rape as a form of uh, terror, using rape as a tool, as a weapon of war, in order to displace and disperse communities and in order to actually um, in order to really um, you know, scaremonger, that's why a lot of the rapes took place in public spaces so that people would just flee. So the idea behind that is, is ultimately it's, it's nationalism. It's a very kind of macho, misogynistic form of nationalism where the nation is, is very muscular, very masculine, and all societies um, have strains of um, sexism um, that we have to address full on. Um, Remembering Srebrenica is very much devoted that, to the idea that um, although we can't compare our own community or society with uh, what, what was happening in the town of Srebrenica 22 years ago, what we can take away is, is the lessons, if we can pull out the strands, how do we look at ultranationalism, how do we look at racism, how do we look at these different forms of hatred and uh, you know, amongst that we can't um, exclude the hatred of women that is prevalent in, in our own society. And by and large, you know, seemed um, in some circles as relatively sort of acceptable and accepted. How can we help get justice? That's a really good question. Um, well, there are a number of things that people can do. Um, what Remembering Srebrenica does is that we raise awareness first and foremost. There is very limited awareness of actually what happened during the war in Bosnia, um, let alone Bosnia itself. Very few people could even point to it on a map. So the first thing I would say is um, before we can sort of have these ideas of, of being able to help others, we need to educate ourselves. Mm. Um, we need to learn. I would um, recommend that people go onto our um, website, srebrenica.org.uk, read the survivor stories, um, get involved in remembering Srebrenica. We give a platform for survivors. Um, we support um, survivors in Bosnia. 
We also take out um, delegations, educational delegations, where there's a four-day immersive genocide course um, in Bosnia itself. Um, and and th through learning and equipping ourselves with that knowledge, we can then um, find ways to help according to our own skill sets um, and, and what we're actually able to deliver. So there's a number of NGOs that um, do all sorts of fantastic work, whether that's economic empowerment, whether that is... Um, um, so, uh, so psychosocial support, um, they're not mutually exclusive, are they? But uh, you know, there's a number of different ways through which um, we can assist our sisters in Bosnia Herzegovina. Um, but I think what we also need to do is, is you know, ensure that uh, we, 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 you know, we talk about this um, in our own communities. What the survivors. Um, actually tell us is because it's a huge emotional labour to go through their testimony and to share their stories each and every time. The only thing that they ask of us is that we share their stories and that we look after our own communities so that it never happens again. That's what they are asking us to do. So the best way for us to, to honour the dead and those who have suffered is to care for and help the living. So we should actually take those lessons and apply them to our own societies I think it's very difficult to actually consider you know, how we might help the women of Bosnia. Actually, we have to remind ourselves that these are remarkably courageous women who have gone to The Hague, they have spoken out, many of them um, uh, still actually go through a, a great deal of difficulty seeking justice, they're still harassed, um, the per they see the perpetrators uh, walk around freely in many instances, especially in the east of Bosnia. So these are these are women who, you know, they have been able to help themselves a great deal and are still fighting, um, fighting the state in, in many instances. So, you know, whether we can sort of get involved on a practical level with that is probably not something that's realistic for many of us. Um, but what I would recommend is actually honour their testimony and and what they've asked us to do, which is. To, look after our own communities and our own societies and look right get our own houses in order mm. before we start um, thinking about how we might reach out to um, those abroad and in other instances and I think that's a pretty strong lesson yeah. um, certainly yeah. everyone wants a revolution but no one wants to do the dishes <laughs> no one wants to do it in their own backyard yeah. it's, it's much more attractive somehow to get involved with foreigners yeah. people abroad more exotic more interesting um, but actually, um, what, what are the needs of your community and what are you doing about that, really? That's, that's the main questions that the survivors ask of us. As well as a lack of awareness about the genocide itself generally, there's so many incredible women who rarely get the recognition they should for the work they're doing post-genocide. Can you tell me a little bit about some of them? There's an amazing woman called Bakira Hasecic, and I think she is a true inspiration. She is a survivor of wartime rape and sexual violence. Um, she, she's an out survivor. She's um, a well-known um, human rights activist in Bosnia-Herzegovina. And she literally puts herself on the line every day. She gets in her company car, so she's the president of the Women's Victims of War Association. Um, and she literally goes round picking up, hearing women's testimonies, and then going to find the perpetrators, literally going to their houses, taking pictures of them, documenting um, the, the testimonies, and going to the police and going to the courts. Wow. So she, yeah, and she, she suffers from a huge amount of harassment. Her own sister was held in a rape camp and was murdered. They found her body in three different graves. Bakira also saw her own daughter um, raped in front of her before they um, slashed her head. 
um, she's uh, has multi multi layered trauma really that she's had to experience and endure and really um, her story what is so remarkable about her is that despite this sort of unimaginable pain that she has suffered yeah. she keeps on fighting and um, when I saw her um, at her the last um, um, delegation that we went on um, she said if you leave and you only um, learn one thing from this it's this it's fight never be afraid to stand up to anybody and uh, I got goosebumps actually she's she's just a formidable woman and you can actually find her that she's got a there's a BBC podcast called only one Bakira um, and it was it was made several years ago but it's still very relevant to what she's doing today she is amazing if you go on to remembering Srebrenica's website we also um, feature her story we also on on um, YouTube or on our Facebook page you can find um, our video that features her it's breaking the silence and uh, it, it features Bakira and her testimony which is um, extraordinary so yes I recommend people look up Bakira Hasejic as well as the Mothers Association of Srebrenica which are a group of some 5,000 women um, in the locality of Srebrenica widows and mothers of those who were killed in the genocide and they have bandied together in a very remote rural area and they have um, gone to the international courts and sought justice um, and found the bodies of their loved ones so yes look up the mothers association as well yeah, I was lucky enough to meet um, Manira Subasic from oh, the mothers of Srebrenica yeah. um, yeah. when I was in Bosnia and possibly one of the most profoundly moving experiences of my entire life listening to her testimony and just her I can't even fathom the sort of strength that she's been able to yeah. show in the face of sort of unimaginable the adversity compassion. definitely it, yeah it was one it's of the, the love that's so moving yeah um, I remember she was talking about um, testifying at a trial for someone who she knew mm. had been involved in uh, the murder of her sons yes. and that the uh, perpetrator in question had recently uh, had a child and how if it was her decision on that day in that court she would have let him go free because she said that you know she didn't want to see another child's life ruined because of that, yeah. what had happened and I just was absolutely in bits after that because yes. I, I couldn't imagine having that level of compassion for yes. someone who would, you know, put me and my family and my community yes. through, you know, something as awful as what happened in Srebrenica. Yeah. Um, it's, she's just it's utterly inspiring. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's genuinely lost for words yes. in how to describe her. Um, so I definitely recommend looking up uh, the Mothers of Srebrenica and the work that yes. they do as and well. Yes, Munira Subasic is actually the president of the Mothers. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned her and named her. She's extraordinary. I understand this year is the biggest year Remembering Srebrenica has ever had. What sort of events have you had taking place? The, the charity's been going for four years, but uh, we've had a steady growth of, of commemorations and... Um, it's through our commemorations that we try to bring different communities together to stand in solidarity um, and to celebrate our, our diversity but to actually you know have these these moments of remembrance where everyone's included so that it's not just considered a, a, you know a, a, an issue for the Muslim community for example mm. 
that is actually is a, it's a human issue and something that we should all be thinking about. And um, because of that, actually, this year we've had wonderful engagement from people of, of all faiths and all backgrounds. We have had, for example, um, we had over 57 mosques commemorate, we've had over 26 synagogues, 23 churches, Methodist churches predominantly, interestingly enough. We've had 17 rape crisis uh, centres commemorate. We've actually had nearly 20 police forces commemorate. Yeah. So we've actually had a wonderful expansion. And uh, last year we had approximately 200 memorial events. This year we have over 500. We have about 522 at last count. There's probably more, actually. So... That's um, incredible. It's over doubled yeah. in, the, in the course of a single year. Um, so although the genocide is getting further away, it was still only 22 years ago, but the interest is actually um, growing. Mm. People are starting to wake up to the fact that this atrocity happened just on the other side of Italy, um, really close by not long ago. Um, and so there's, there's, there's much to be hopeful for, that actually people are learning from each other and that actually different communities who have different views on so many different... Um, on different issues can actually uh, come together over Srebrenica. There's a, there's a. It seems to unify people, um, which is is, you know, one positive thing. One of the things I found incredibly encouraging here in the northwest is the number of councils who've passed resolutions specifically acknowledging that a genocide occurred in the Srebrenica, and committing the council to raising awareness of this and helping build community relations within the local authority area. So we've actually had um, a, a good number of councils this year actually pass a resolution. Um, you're right, including um, we've had um, Manchester, Birmingham, Bradford City councils, and then we've had smaller councils in the in the northwest, especially like Salford, uh, Preston, mm. Sefton. We've had a number, um, and it's actually very very encouraging when councils do recognise Trevenita. It's important that local authorities, with the connections and ties that they have. Um, as a sort of central point, um, actually do um, officially recognise the genocide. Uh, this episode is obviously being recorded at the close of this year's Srebrenica Memorial Week, but there's other ways to get involved throughout the year. I know, for example, that the Holocaust Memorial Day in January also commemorates the genocides that have taken place post-Holocaust, um, Gulf War, Rwanda, Cambodia, Bosnia. So there's an opportunity to like link up with other organisations to show solidarity. We encourage all our community champions, so all our volunteers, to engage with Holocaust Memorial Day. And um, we do. Um, actually, this year we had, I think we had 16 um, uh, Srebrenica champion run events for Holocaust Memorial Day. Yeah. And so actually, we do see there's that actually as a standing in solidarity and in recognition of each other's pain. Yeah. A very powerful way, especially for the Muslim and Jewish community to come together. So we strongly encourage that. Um, I think it's been something like in my own synagogue that um, we've found particularly good about the remembering Srebrenica events and discussions and things that we've had uh, sort of this year and last year in particular that a lot of people do kind of identify with yeah. the issues that have been discussed because of you know their own family yes. history for example of um, you know the holocaust yes. uh, we have people that you know came over on the kinder transport yeah. for example and I think yeah. people kind of understood it almost on quite like a visceral level absolutely about what Srebrenica was yes, about absolutely. and you know when you visit Auschwitz and you know the 
things that have been said about never again yes. and you know you're seeing it happen again in Europe yes. no less you know not that far no. away no. and you know within my lifetime certainly as a young person yeah. I think it's something that makes us realize that when we learn about things like the Holocaust in history, that it's not history, it's something that yes. you know humans need to actually take action on to stop happening over and over again because you know hate isn't inevitable essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know if you let the seeds of these things foster, we know yeah. where it ends up. Yes, absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for having a chat with me today, Amelia. Um, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Um, so if everyone who's listening to this, uh, as Amelia said, the website is shrebenitsa.org.uk. They have a Facebook page. They have a Twitter page. You can keep in touch with the campaign and what they're up to and even, you know, perhaps apply to take part in a delegation yourself if yes. it's something you're interested in. And yeah. um, I believe you take applications all year round? We do. We take applications all year round. You can access the application form by going through our website. Um, you can also get involved in commemorating Srebrenica yourself. You can also, we have uh, loads of resources for schools, um, educational materials. So yes, get in touch. Perfect. Thank you. After my discussion with Amelia, I got thinking about the aftermath of Batley's Ben MP Joe Cox's assassination last year and her powerful more in common maiden speech, which became a real cultural touchpoint. It's exactly this ethos which drives the work of Remembering Shravanitsa, which makes it so relevant to Labour members and our communities. Whether you have five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour or an afternoon, you can make a real difference, so please do consider getting involved. There's loads of great resources through the charity and they've been an incredible help here in the Northwest for setting up film screenings of films like Halima's Path and Fog of Srebrenica, which might be an idea you want to take away for within your own CLP, Young Labour Group or Labour Student Society. That's it for today. Uh, the host for this episode was Charlotte Nichols, music by Ashton Musson. Our guest was Amelia Handy, additional resources from Remembering Srebrenica. Their website again, www.shrebenica.org.uk. You can find us at Bread and Roses Pod on Twitter or email breadandrosespodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe. It helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.